This is Reverend Kirk Lawton, minister at Ocean Lakes Family Campground, and this is our podcast. Our prayer is that this message may enrich your life as you find God especially meaningful to you. Thank you for worshiping with us. We welcome you this morning to our Sunday morning worship service from Ocean Lakes Family Campground in Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. The subject of the sermon today is divine roadblocks. Now, unless you live way out in the sticks in some remote area, or if you've never driven or ridden in a car, then you probably know what it's like to encounter a roadblock or detour. This situation happens to us all in our lives also. This morning, we will be looking at several Bible characters as well as others to see what God has to say to help us when we hit roadblocks in our lives. As we join now our Ocean Lakes worship service, already in progress, would you breathe a little prayer that God may speak to us all the words of encouragement that we need for living in these trying times? Have you ever been riding in an automobile along a highway when you came to a place where you came upon a long string of cars bumper to bumper? As you approached, you found that the line of cars was stopped and you began to say to yourself or to those with you, I wonder what's happened. Has there been a wreck up ahead? And as you sit there and wait for a few minutes, then the line of cars begins to move. By the time you get to where you thought something may have happened, you see a few people standing around, but there's no sign of a wrecked car or anything. Your curiosity is aroused But the line of traffic is moving now, and you don't want to stop and ask what has happened. So you drive on, never knowing just what it was that caused the delay. You wonder what caused that roadblock. It just didn't make sense. There are some things in our lives that are almost like that. We just can't figure them out. I want to share with you some thoughts from another minister who preached a sermon years ago on the subject, When God Hides. He said this, The person is not normal who is not sometimes staggered, whose soul is not sometimes chilled by occasions when life does not make sense. Here's that embattered or embittered soldier I met years ago on Heartbreak Ridge in Korea with whom I'd been talking about the events of life. He looked at me sharply and broke out with, Chaplain, I'll tell you what's the matter with this world. Your God has let us down. Hmm. Here's a student who's made a brilliant record in school, won every prize, earned and carried away every honor. The following week, there was awaiting him a promising position in business. The next morning, he was to be married to his childhood sweetheart. Then, on his way to graduation exercises, he was killed in an automobile accident. Here are two godly people who fell in love, were married, set up a Christian home. Then they prayed long, long hours for a little child. And at last, when their baby was born, it was a Down syndrome child. I'm thinking of that man whom I visit often in the hospital. 
He'd had 13 operations and 39 blood transfusions. One day he said to me, Preacher, I don't want to complain, but sometimes things just do not make sense. I know all this is going to end in death. I really want it, but it won't come. And then there's that British sea captain, Sir John Hawkins, who sailed his ship along the African coast, kidnapping blacks to sell to the slave trade. When he captured these people, he chained them to the deck of his ship. And then he christened his ship the Jesus. And God did nothing, apparently. In addition to all these illustrations I've just given, we could think of many others out of our own experience to add. For example, in a former pastorate, I was talking with a young couple briefly who asked directions to a Sunday school classroom. I showed them where it was and I introduced them to their teacher. They began telling me about their little son. They showed me a picture of their darling little boy, a picture that was taken when he was about a year and a half old. But now he's around three years old, they said, and he's undergone a serious heart operation and it has left him with a lot of brain damage, so much so that his mind is now uh, like a child less than a year old. We all seem to meet things in life which we might call divine roadblocks, situations in which we want to look upward with eyes of faith to God, but in reality, we find ourselves looking up with eyes filled with tears. When such situations come our way, one thing we can conclude is that we're in good company. Look for a minute with me at two men from the Bible. First, you know, his name is Gideon. In the sixth chapter of Judges, we find Gideon threshing wheat in secret, trying to hide from the enemy, the Midianites. As he threshed the wheat, Gideon looked up and saw an angel of the Lord who said, The Lord is with thee. <coughs> mighty man of valor? Gideon said in reply, Oh, my Lord, if the Lord be with us, then why has all this befallen us? And where be all his miracles which our fathers told us of, saying, Did not the Lord bring us up from Egypt? But now the Lord has forsaken us and delivered us into the hands of the Midianites. You can read about this in Judges chapter, chapter 6. You see, to Gideon, it just did not make sense. Then there's another man, Elijah. This prophet of God stood one day on Mount Carmel and taunted the prophets of Baal, the idolatrous God, teasing them, suggesting that they call on Baal to send fire and burn up their offerings. Elijah mocked them, saying, maybe he's busy talking, or maybe he's taking a journey. Uh, maybe he's asleep. And as one uh, paraphrase of the Bible puts it, maybe he's gone to the bathroom. Call him louder. Then after all the prophets of Baal had failed, or their God had failed, Elijah called upon the one true living God who sent fire down and consumed the sacrifice on the altar and all that was around it. Oh, what a wonderful time of victory for Elijah. But no, he had not reckoned with Jezebel yet. She sent word to Elijah that she would personally see to it 
that Elijah was dead by that time tomorrow. And so this fearless prophet of God began to run. And he ran until he came to a wilderness where he sat down under a juniper tree. You can read this whole fascinating story in 1 Kings chapter 18 and the first part of 19. Let me read the last part of this story, beginning with 1 Kings 19, the first one. I'm just going to read about four verses. I'm reading from the contemporary English version of the scripture. Ahab told his wife Jezebel what Elijah had done and that he had killed the prophets. She sent a message to Elijah, You killed my prophets. Now I'm going to kill you. I pray that the gods will punish me even more severely if I don't do it by this time tomorrow. Elijah was afraid when he got her message and he ran to the town of Beersheba in Judah. He left his servant there and then walked another whole day into the desert. Finally, he came to a large bush and sat down in its shade. He begged the Lord, I've had enough. Just let me die. I'm no better off than my ancestors. Oh, we see this wonderful prophet in the depths of depression. I can imagine that to Elijah, this just didn't make sense at all. It was a real roadblock in his life. Well, what then shall we say to these times in our lives? Certainly, I do not profess to be able to give the complete answer. But I want to offer two statements which I believe are truths from the Scripture itself. Actually, Dr. Roy Angel originally suggested these statements in one of his sermons. First statement is this. Since this world belongs to God, He is under no obligation to explain to us everything that happens. We forget sometimes that God has never promised we'll understand everything now. Paul says it in 1 Corinthians 13 this way, For now we see through a glass darkly, but then face to face. Now I know in part, but then shall I know even as also I am known. The Old Testament writer records the words of God as Isaiah says in chapter 55, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, saith the Lord. Do you remember what answer God gave to Jeremiah when this prophet asked him about why the wicked prospered so? Jeremiah asked a very sensible question. In the 12th chapter, 12th chapter of Jeremiah, uh, the first five verses. Let me read that from the, the Living Bible paraphrase. Jeremiah prayed, O Lord, you always give me justice when I bring a case before you to decide. Now let me bring you this complaint. Why are the wicked so prosperous? Why are evil men so happy? You plant them, they take root, and their business grows. Their prophets multiply and they're rich. They say, thank God, but in their hearts they give no credit to you. But as for me, Lord, you know my heart. You know how much I, it longs for you. And I'm poor, O oh Lord. Lord, drag them off like helpless sheep to the slaughter. Judge them, O oh God. Yes, that was the prayer that Jeremiah offered. It just did not make sense to him at all. 
And then what did God answer when Jeremiah prayed this? God said, Jeremiah, if you have run with footmen and they've made you tired, what are you going to do when you have to compete with horses? And if you've gotten along well in a safe land, what are you going to do in the swelling of the Jordan? In other words, God said, Jeremiah, cheer up. <laughs> the worst is yet to come. God was saying to Jeremiah, listen, you're fretting about a little inconsequential thing. Maybe it's big to you, but you're looking at it from a narrowed viewpoint. The fact is, when some things go wrong in our lives, we may think that God is under obligation to explain it all to us, but that is not true. God does not have to tell us everything here and now. Earlier in our service today, you remember we sang, uh, by and by, when the morning comes, when the saints of God are gathered home, we will tell the story how we've overcome and we'll understand it better when? By and by, not here and now. There's a second statement we need to remember. Whatever God does, He's working all things into a great master plan for our good. When you meet a roadblock, remember that when God has a delaying hand, He is designing something great for you. And He wants us to have faith in Him enough to wait for His time to see it through. That's where Romans 8:28 comes in so beautifully. And we know that all that happens to us is working for our good if we love God and are fitting into His plans. Perhaps you know the name John Henry Newman. At age 32, John Newman was a successful, well-known pastor and teacher. Yet, in spite of his success and the large crowds that gathered to hear him preach, Newman suffered from inner turmoil. And slowly, this turmoil began destroying his spirit and his body. There's an interesting story that happened to John, New uh, John Newman when he was once on a ship which was stranded between the islands of Corsica and Sardinia off the coast of Italy, he had a long time of real soul searching. He was on his way back to his native England for the purpose of continuing his work. He was in a great hurry to get home. Newman had been seriously ill in Sicily, and he was quite worried about his work back in England. But now his ship was stranded with no wind to move it. This was in the year 1833, and they had to depend on the wind to move the ship. They were entirely dependent upon the movement of the winds for progress. And so for an entire week, they waited, during which time Newman went through real agony of his soul. But out of this inner struggle, finally came a peace within, which let him be at rest and let him remember that God has a divine purpose in everything, even in delay. This conviction of God's working came so forcefully to Newman that he put down on paper what his thoughts were. There was a prayer aboard that ship, still stuck without a wind. Newman wrote these words, Lead, kindly light, amid the encircling gloom, Lead thou me on, 
The night is dark, and I am far from home. Lead thou me on. Keep thou my feet. I do not ask to see the distant scene. One step enough for me. Newman's search had ended at last. By the time he reached England, his health was restored. Once again, he became a great spokesman for the church. But this time, it was for the Roman Catholic Church. And in the year 1879, Pope Leo XIII elevated John Newman to the position of Cardinal. And we know him now as Cardinal Newman. Yes, there may be divine roadblocks in your life. They're in all of our lives. But when they come, God has a purpose in it. So we need to trust Him, even when we can't see the way. And God's promised He'll bring us through. We used to sing a little chorus when I was a child. The Lord knows the way through the wilderness. All we have to do is follow. Strength for today is mine all the way and all I need for tomorrow. The Lord knows the way through the wilderness. All I have to do is follow. Oh God, give us the ability to follow wherever you lead and to know that the will of God will never lead us 